Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, man, what a week for Liverpool. We are something we are definitely used to. Um, just getting our hopes up, uh, losing to teams we should beat. Lots of drama going on. Pretty typical, it seems like. So, got the boys here in the studio today. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and talk about the Watford game. Then we'll go ahead and get into Coutinho, obviously, the last couple of days, him handing in his transfer request. And, uh, Kind of different opinions on it. Should we be okay with letting him go for a certain amount of money? Or is this a bad sign and it's showing weakness, especially with other clubs refusing to sell right now to us? And then we'll go ahead and maybe talk a little bit about Van Dyke. Uh, looks like Chelsea might be in form right now. So with me tonight, I have Brian Painter from New York. Brian, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Good to be back, man. It's been a long uh, offseason and I'm excited to be back on the pod. Um, I know you guys rocked it out last week. Yeah, glad to have you back on. Um, we got three new people today. Not necessarily new, but we we got uh, three new people for this season, at least. We got Steven Luna coming back. What's up, Luna? Back in the I'm house. like a new signing, guys. It's been <laughs> forever, it feels like. It really has. <laughs> the new yeah. signing thing is actually comical. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's been tough to get on with the move to Texas and crazy work hours, but... Finally finding some time to get back with you guys, so excited to be back. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have gotten in the mail yet, but I'm still waiting on my free chicken for life um, card, so when you, when you send that over, uh, Luna, let me know. Um, and then we also well, got Tyler Vinyl. Tyler, what is going on, man? Good to have you back on again. Hey, fellas. I'm back. I'm uh, just hanging here, still at the office. Uh, pumped oh, to man, be on. that's brutal. Yeah, well, we'll we'll go ahead and just uh, make sure your Monday go, you know, goes a little bit better by talking about the three <laughs> three draw that we had with Watford. What a ridiculous game! I mean, uh, good to see you know Salah's debut. He scores, um, but then just the, the same old problems at the back. Um, giving up three goals to Watford just not acceptable. I know they might turn out to be a pretty decent team this year, maybe pushing you know top twelve, maybe top fourteen spots, but. I mean, look, they're a mid-table club. You can't give up three goals to a, to a mid-table club. So, Tyler, we'll go ahead and start with you, man. What, what was going on with the back five this game? Um, clearly, you know, we need some some reinforcements back there. But, you know, we, we had Moreno starting, which nobody probably would have predicted this time in the offseason. I think most people would have thought he would have been gone by now. Uh, with Klein Hurt, we got Trent back there at right back. And then Matip and Lovren, uh, Matip, not a great showing, not, you know, Lovren, not a great, pretty much not a great showing from the entire back five. So what do you have to say about them in this game? Yeah, I'm not, it's hard to place the blame on any one particular player. Usually there's somebody in this, with with these starters out there, there's somebody who makes a glaring mistake here or there. I didn't think there was any, you know, just glaring errors. I think this just foursome really isn't up to snuff. You know, I think we saw it. Everything came and, you know, started and ended with set pieces. They just, they don't have, it looks like the tactical ability to deal with it. And, you know, there's no one back there to orchestrate, which I think is a big problem, a uh, lack of leadership back there. And, 
you know, no, like I said, there was no, none of the goals really came from open play. A lot of it was either directly from a uh, free kick or, you know, the aftermath after we couldn't clear one. So I was actually very pleased. I thought Trent played a great game. His set pieces looked awesome. He was great offensively, got caught out a couple of times uh, too far up the field. And I thought Moreno did a good job, but this, uh, I'm not sold on this center back pairing we have. Yeah, Luna, I mean, Tyler makes a good point there that, you know, he noticed that Trent and Moreno were a little bit out of position, but is that just because they're that much of an attacking fullback, you know, when they play, or is this just Klopp's system and it just leaves space in behind? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Klopp obviously wants his fullbacks getting further up the pitch, um, which we've seen time and time again with Moreno and Milner when he was playing last season. We saw it with Klein. And, you know, with players like Moreno and Trent, those are guys that want to get forward. And to their credit, you know, they're not terrible at at doing that. They're they're guys that can get good balls into into the center of the pitch. They're guys that can make a decent pass into the box. Um, but, you know, looking at it, it, it does leave our center backs exposed. And when you have a pairing of, Matip and Lovren, who Lovren we've we've griped about for several seasons now, and you know Matip last year, I know I raved about him, but if he's going to show up like he did against Watford, uh, I mean, we need more than just one signing back there uh, because the two of them were were horrible this game. Yeah, and it's Matip's an interesting case because he'll have games where he just looks absolutely class, and then he'll have games like against Watford where he just did not look good at all. Um, you know, I know Jeff Hallett and I, when we've been talking, thinks that he needs to contribute more offensively with, with how tall he is and how big of an, you know, an aerial presence that he has. He had that uh, header off the post. Um, so that could have been the game winner. A um, little unfortunate, just his, his all-around game just wasn't great. But we, I got a head back painter to these this set piece defending and I, I thought I saw some stat the other day um that was I think it was set pieces conceded since Klopp came into Liverpool. And I think Liverpool had something like twenty seven and then the next team I think was City with nineteen or twenty. Um it's just ridiculous. I mean nineteen or twenty is a lot and we have twenty seven. It's unacceptable. So Painter is is it a matter I know we put a poll up the other day uh, yeah. on our, on uh, our Twitter, you know, saying what, what is the problem right now um, with our defense basically? And what, what do we need to do to imp- improve um, set piece defending? And, you know, a lot of people were saying it was as simple as bringing someone as good as Van Dyke in. Uh, some people were saying you need more time on the training pitch. And, and, and some people said that we need to just scrap zonal marking. What's your view on this? And, you can tell just by looking at the replay that, you know, the zonal marking isn't working. I know that there are a lot of teams that zonal mark and it, and it works very well if you, you know, have the right personnel slash or just have the right minds to be able to execute it. But it just, it seems like every time a goal happens off a set piece, you just see where it gets messed up within the zonal marking. Is Do you think that's the biggest problem or just what is our problem? Do we just not have a guy's 
enough guys willing to just go and attack the ball. What's going on with our set piece defending? I feel like we've been talking about it forever and nothing is improving. We've been talking about it for three managers though. Let's be honest with ourselves. Like I can't remember a conversation around our ability to defend set pieces full stop. Like, I I mean, we've been terrible at it for years in, in multiple managers. I mean, a lot of this has to do with Klopp, and I, I got to be honest, putting Bobby Firmino on the front of the zonal marking at the six-yard box, it's not a mystery why – what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Jakob or – Okaka. Yeah, Okaka. There you go. <laughs> um, hit the front post. It's because Bobby was sitting on the front post. Now, granted, he ran over Matip's face. But Matip's got the the next tier back in the zonal marking system, but like you would think, hey, listen, let's put let's put Matip or Lavrin on that front of the front of the post, um, as opposed to Bobby Firmino, who plays striker for us, who's not the most stout individual that we have on the on, on the field. I, I, you know, so I think part of it's down to scheme and just personnel. The other thing I think is. I don't know. I played a long time and, and any time that we, you know, I've defended a set piece or I defended a corner, it's all down to want to. Like, you just got to want it more than the other guy in a lot of the cases because it's going to be a 50-50 ball. And getting stuck in and getting physical is just part of defending a corner. And we just don't have it. And And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Matip, I don't know if it's Lovren, I don't know if it's just, you know, the players that we have, it's just, we're just not good at wanting it more than the other individual. And that was apparent on both goals, especially the third goal, which, again, Genie had a chance to head the ball clear, and he didn't do it. And then it came right back at us, and we're right back in the mix, Mignolet didn't want it more than the defender. Now, granted, you could sit there and argue it was offsides, and you could argue it it's it's interference with the goalie, whatever the case may be. But the fact is, is Mignolet should have taken his head off in that situation, and he just didn't do it. So I don't want to put the blame on any one individual. I think it's a combination of a bunch of different things, one being the fact that you have Bobby Firmino sitting on the edge of the post at the six-yard box, which you shouldn't have, given the fact that he plays center, center forward and he's 5'10", and you have a 6'4 center back or two 6'4 center backs, and neither one of them is there. And then the fact that we just don't seem to have that want to. And I don't know how to change that other than bringing in new personnel. Yeah, and Painter, I think that has a lot to do with also, the second ball, right? So if the ball falls to the ground, it all, you know, part of those 27 goals that we've given up since he come in, hey, Klopp has come in have been, you know, the second chances right after the ball falls down. And it always looks, like you said, like we don't have the want to, to just go and clear it. Or go, and it's just frustrating. Part of me thinks that, you know, all right, let's just do man-to-man marking. That way you can go, you know, Matip, you get their best guy or, and – Emre, you take this guy, and Lovren, you take this guy. It's It's got to be something like that where you feel like someone has more responsibility and it's not like, oh, when should I go out? When should I pick this guy up when he comes out of my zone? Because you can practice that 
all you want like Klopp has been. It just doesn't seem like it's clicking with the players. So just simplify things. Just go, I mean, at least try it, right? At least just go, hey, listen, you pick up him, you pick up him, you pick up him, and and we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll work out a little bit better. But it's just, it's something that's been really frustrating for us as fans to see, to to, to watch, and just sort of to have to deal with because everybody knows it. Everybody targets us every time they play Liverpool. And it's, it's clearly our biggest weakness. So I don't necessarily know if bringing in Van Dyke will solve that. I do think it'll help because he is that good of a player, but it's it's just a problem that is is not going away, and it, it's really frustrating to see. And, and, and it, guys, it feels like we talk about that just all the time. It feels like we're always conceding on a set piece. No joke. I have one of my coworkers. I told him I wouldn't be surprised if Watford tied Liverpool three three. And we conceded a set piece goal. No joke. Told that to him. He texts me the next morning. Goes, I can't fucking believe that you actually just said that. And it's like nothing surprises me with this team anymore. Nothing does. And so, well, did did you guys see the the video afterwards between Jamie Redknapp and Jamie Carragher? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what side of the fence you guys are falling on, but I think Carragher's got it spot on. We can bring in Van Dyke. We can bring in. I mean, even even if we don't get him and we do bring in someone else, it's not going to solve the problem. Zonal marking doesn't work with this team because, like you guys said, we don't want it enough. And, I mean, half our t- like, I mean, Matip 6-something, Lovren 6-something, but who else do we have? Like Everyone Emre, else is under I think Emre would be able to help. You, you would think that maybe Minule could be yeah, a little bit I, more commanding as well. But, yeah, but then have Emre uh, on that f- near post watching right. the front post run. I totally mean, agree with that. I think you have if you have Emery there, Okaka's not. He's going to put a challenge in on on Okaka. Firmino just stood and watched him leap right in front of him. Yeah, I mean, I swear the best set piece defending I've ever seen for this team in recent years was when we had Ben Teke. I swear he would head it out <laughs> like every time. And and that and that yes, he's a huge guy. Yes, he's amazing in the air, but. Part of that, like you said, just could be that want to. I mean, it's at least Skirtle would rape some guy when he's one of those bigger bucks. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, at, I mean, least, at least he's putting in an effort. But but Luna, with a penalty. yeah, back to your back to your point about the, the Carragher and, and Redknapp conversation. I I agree with Carragher in terms of how we set up when we play. Right, like that's part of what we were talking about earlier when Trent and Moreno get far up the pitch. It just leaves space in behind. It just does, and that leaves our center backs exposed. And last thing anything any one of us want is Lovren to have to go out to the sidelines to have to play one on one with some winger, yeah. right? So it, it, well, it's he this. Tried that. And I mean, they didn't score off that play. You saw it. Um, I mean, it was in the first half. I can't remember exactly what minute it was, but the midfielder got past Trent, running right at Lovren, and Lovren's running crisscross, not knowing which way he's going to go, and almost falls on his ass. It, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's just, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the system. And look, that system involves us playing an amazing style of attacking football and pressing like maniacs, and and it's really enjoyable to watch. And it leaves us open. I mean, I understand that we're going to concede goals. That's just the team that we are right now. But it's, it's just too much right now. And that moves me on to the midfield because I, I think that if we had a true defensive midfield specialist, we, this problem wouldn't be happening as much. The fact that Carvalho could be going to West Ham potentially right now makes me want to throw up because I've wanted him for years. And 
you just insert someone like that into our team. And, and listen, I, I'm still all for Emre being that guy, right? I'm still all for, you know, molding Emre into a center defensive mid, but he's playing Hendo in that deepest position who has been looking terrible, by the way. I still think he's injured. Um, and Emre is not getting that consistent time at that position to, to really lock it down and be molding that position. I think part of that is Emre also likes to get forward and attack and not saying that that position can't do that. But when you look at the likes of certain teams who have those players, I mean, there are top clubs that, that have those players. Now I'm about to list some world-class players and I understand that, but you'll get my idea sort of is, is like someone, you know, you have Busquets who sits back and, and doesn't do too much on the attacking side necessarily. Even someone like Fernandinho, who's on Man City, when, when he plays, how he sits back. Uh, you know, you, you would have uh, Wanyama on, on Spurs. He was a player that I would have loved to have had at Liverpool. Um, you, you, there's, just, there's players everywhere like this that are available. Someone like Carvalho right now, and, and we've been linked to some of them. It's just weird how neither Brendan nor Klopp wants a true defensive midfield specialist. And... I think it would work perfectly for our system because the fact of the matter is, like we were talking about, the fullbacks get pushed up. They leave a lot of space in behind. I want someone who's able to just sit back and cover those flanks, whichever one it is. Now, theoretically, Hendo could do that. Um, he's not looking as good a as he has been. Slash, I just don't think he has that defensive mindset really all the time because uh, that's not his original position. But I, I, I don't know, Tyler, if, if you would agree with that. Um, you know, that we need a central defensive midfielder or if there's anyone on the team that can fill that role and then kind of lead that into just how our defense played. Um, I mean, sorry, how our midfield played this game and quick shout out to Emre for that just silky smooth control going down the sideline. That was, that was beautiful. That was something else. I, I didn't think he was bringing that down. I thought that was going to be a laughable moment, but he, uh, you're right. It was silky smooth, but uh, I actually agree with everything you're saying. I think it's ridiculous that Carvalho is not even getting a look from us. Uh, he's always looked a solid player, and you know that type of player helps so many of these teams that press and push offensively to have an extra body that sort of sits whose responsibility is to stay behind and kind of be the tactician who prepares the defense and you know orchestrates everything. That's very important, and I agree that we we don't necessarily have that. I think. The biggest issue that I see in our midfield is a, I think it's positional confusion. I think when you have Emery and Hendo out there, they're both sort of trying to play that role, but they're not really sure. You know, it's sort of like a you go and then I stay, you go and then I stay. And then you also have Genie, who's not not really the attacking presence that you usually have in there he with Lamana. He hasn't Lamana. been looking good either, has he? No, let's he looks let, let, very honest. poor. Just let's be honest. Up. Yeah, the, 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 that three has not worked well. I, we said game. that all last year, Payne. Yeah, right? like those that, three should not be on the pitch together. Yeah, th th there's got to be some. There's, those three cannot be on the pitch together, in my opinion. No. There's no attacking impetus. There's no creativity. They just um, it's it's three players trying to play kind of the same role and playing it safe. And for the first, other than 20 minutes, where our offense, pretty much all of the offense came in the top, you know, third. It was everything running through Firmino, Salah, and. Um, uh, Mane, we skipped over the midfield. The first half, they basically just kept skipping over the midfield, playing long balls, and it just doesn't work because there was no person, there was no kind of a number 10 connecting the defense in the exactly. midfield, so they were just jumping over the mid. That's a, that's no a great shot. No Coutinho and no Lamana hey, to, to, to connect the midfield to the attack. So 
That's a great chat. Joy, I wonder, I wonder just a quick point on that. Um, if I could jump in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the long balls that we played in the first half and I get Sala and Mane have blistering pace and that's why we love them. But it was really weird. I've never seen our team under Klopp, and even Brendan, for that matter, pay, play that many long balls over the top in the first twenty twenty five. It minutes. was painful to watch. Yeah, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, well, why are you throwing it over the top again? Like, get it on the deck and and work it around like you always have. Like, I I, I was fascinated by why that that had to be a strategy. He had to come out in the beginning of the game, or at least at, you know before the game, and say, okay. We got them for pace, put it over the top. Like, I was just curious as to why we were playing so many long balls. Like, that's totally not like Klopp's been playing. The long ball doesn't work when you have a back line all over six feet. I mean, you may have them for pace, but you're not going to get the ball over them, especially when you're hoofing it down the field from, you know, halfway into our own half. Right. Yeah. Well, I I thought the other thing that was interesting was... Our midfield wasn't pushed high enough where we'd win the second ball. So if you're not going to win the first ball and it's not going to get through, we weren't winning the second balls either. And that's what, and then, and then that was leaving Henderson, you know, by himself in the middle of the pitch coming back against their midfield, which is completely why we got overrun in the first 20, 25 minutes. In my opinion, they were, they were all over us. And I totally agree that that's the reason there was just never any pressure. From, from Liverpool. It was just get the ball back in your own defensive half and then boot it up, lose it, and there's nowhere to win the second ball. Then they, they're right back on top of you. So then, Luna, with the Coutinho situation, which we'll go into in a little bit, but with him out, let's just say indefinitely right now, and Lalana being out for, what, another two months, something like that, what's, yeah. what's the solution here? What, what would you do in our midfield right now? Man, um, so I actually, you look at when Jeannie came over from Newcastle, um, he played that t- number 10 role for Newcastle. Um, so I'd be interested to see if we, if we placed him there, kind of placed him in that Katina role, what he could do. I, I don't know. He can't sit back like we've been watching him do. Um, and so I mean that's that's an immediate fix, but then then you look at who are you <laughs> who are you putting in for him? We've got Milner on the bench, Gruzik on the bench, and what some kids Woodburn um, and and Kent. Uh, I, I well, I mean Luna, can we just talk about that for a second? Because this whole summer has been predicated on us pushing forward, and I said from you guys have seen me on the chat. I've said from. Minute one that we're a midfielder light, even with Sala pushing Coutinho back in the midfield. And now look at us right now with Coutinho out and Lalana injured. We don't have any depth in the midfield. And it's, it's right. absolutely shocking what we're looking at right now. Well, I mean, you look at the, the 22 man squad for Hoffenheim on Tuesday. It, I mean, if that's the squad that we're going to be taking into the Champions League, I mean, I hate to be morbid, but we have no hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got half the half the team as kids and no experience whatsoever in Champions League, and the other half is either injured or mediocre. Yeah, it's well, guys. We've been talking about 
how we've been needing the strength on the squad, clearly, um, in, in a lot of different positions. Painter, it's it's evident when, when you see all these kids. And, and yes, you want to see some of them come through, like we've said. Uh, but ideally, you'd only have want to have one or two on your bench. So, you know, with the Keita deal looking like it's dead, do, do we go back in for Ox to get that extra body? I'm not one to want to bring Milner into midfield, but is that an option now oh, for us? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> no, I mean, I know like, his opinion on that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Milner, you know, fine. He's at playing at left back. That's totally fine. But putting him in midfield, like I'm having flashbacks to Lucas again. Like we're not winning trophies with Milner playing central midfield for us. Just the same way as we didn't win trophies with Lucas playing central midfield. Um, towards the end of his, and he career. goes and wins a trophy right away with Napoli. No big deal. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was well, funny to see Milner play that Lucas role. He was the 83rd minute sub that came in yeah. and just, you know, kind of sat around in there. No, I totally, yeah, totally. And I was miserable every minute of it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I, I look at our, our bench and I can't believe, I can't believe Klopp is sitting there right now saying FSG or whoever, go find me. Two rockstar central midfields, e- even if they're not K to level, even if they're like, you know, Oxley Chamberlain level, like the Ox is a better midfield option than James Milner. I'm sorry. And, but even, yeah, sorry. So I, I just mistakenly said that Lucas was in Napoli. He's in Lazio. That's, that's my bad. But like, we get rid of a central defensive midfielder and you look at the team and Emre and Hendo who maybe naturally aren't even central defensive midfielders. That's all we have right there right now. And it's, and even Grujic is, I mean, he's a little bit attack minded as well. So it's at the beginning of the year, it was funny. You know, I know that things change with Coutinho and with Lalana. Obviously you're going to have injuries throughout the year. You have to plan for those things. But I always thought that like the midfield wasn't one of the positions or one, you know, in, on the pitch that, we needed strengthening the most. It was always goalkeeper. It was always defense and maybe another winger or a class striker. I, I mean, I never really thought about the midfield. The Keita thing, in my opinion, was like, I think he was just the fact that he became somewhat available or we thought he was available. Then that's when Klopp went, went after to go get him. I don't think we were ever really in for multiple midfielders this this window. We might be now given our situation, but it's it's really looking bare. It's really looking young and it's it's not the way to move forward especially with the the hopes of champions league football this year like you said luna but i mean let's just move forward right now for the midfield because you know within the coming weeks things could be changing and and i don't want to dwell too much on it just because it's sort of a a pretty bland area right now but let's let's move into something a little bit more exciting uh with the attack uh sala's debut tyler i mean Yes, it was a tap and I don't care. He missed a couple of chances, but it's clear to see that he's there when, when we had no one before if it wasn't Mane. I mean, he is making the runs behind the defense. He's he's kind of doing everything we'd hoped he'd do so far. He, it was, there were some first game jitters, that's for sure. He had a couple chances through on goal where he, he made the wrong decision or just took a shot that didn't make much sense. But I, I totally agree with you. Um, he's making the right runs. He's got the work ethic. I was what I was most impressed uh, by him about was his his 
just general hustle. He's he's a small guy, but you, and you so you don't think he'd be particularly strong on the ball or win a lot of 50-50s, but he is such a little pest. You know, when you they were playing the long balls, it wasn't the right strategy, but he would get all over the defender and, you know, chip away at him and somehow come away with the, the ball. And I thought that was a very positive sign. I like to see that work ethic up there. I, I thought he uh, I thought he had a good game. I think he'll be happy with his debut. Yeah, Luna, I think he fits the the squad well. I think he, he's kind of a humble guy. I think he, he fits our style well with how he plays. What have you seen from Salah so far? Well, first of all, all three of our front lines scored, which I think speaks volume to what we can expect further into the season that we go. I mean, being able to see Salah, I mean, you you watch where Bobby chips the keeper, and it's going wide. Salah is, I mean, well outside the 20-yard box and ends up getting there first. I mean, he's quick. He's smart. Um, and he's, he's in places that you want to see a winger, uh, an attacking player in, um, which, you know, I think we've really been missing over the last few seasons. Um, so I'm excited to see the partnership that he, Mane and Bobby kind of build into. I, I wish, you know, or I hope, I guess, Coutinho sticks around and see what those four can do up top. But, um, I think he's... He's what we were missing on the opposite side as, of Mane last season. And I think, you know, with, with his speed and his the mentality that he has, uh, he, they're going to terrorize defenses. Um, and, you know, it, not related to attacking, but you see his emotion when Watford scores the first goal. Obviously, the team's disappointed, but you just see this overwhelming sense of frustration from him in the in the replays that, it's exciting to see from someone that's so new to the club that cares so much about winning. I just hope that he can somehow <laughs> feed that into the rest of the team. Yeah, that's the hope. That's that's definitely the hope, especially with his success at, at Roma last year and, and how well he did. Painter, like Luna was saying, that, that front three is looking pretty dangerous right now. Bobby didn't have the greatest first half, but you know he had, he had a solid second half. Mane looks like he never even got injured. He looks like he's just, I mean, <laughs> that was yeah. one, that was a big worry for me too. A really big worry that he would, he would come back and it would be a slow start. I know that, you know, when he wasn't featured in preseason a couple of times, like we thought he would, we all thought maybe he had a setback, but I think they were just being precautious. And, um, I mean, he's, he's looking excellent. So that, that, that top three for us is it's deadly. It is. It, it's so awesome to see that top three, um, which is what we wanted last year. Uh, and arguably, I think Klopp's vision was put Coutinho back in the midfield and have him pull on the strings for those three, which um, I'm still hoping to see. I'm hopeful that that actually transpires and uh, we actually get to see those four on the field together again uh, this season. But I gotta, I gotta be honest. Mane was brilliant. That first goal was just absolutely class. Best like move the whole, of, of the entire weekend for any game that yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah, like the just the whole just interchange and that little uh, flick from Sean. Yeah, like Sean, and then you know the one-two, and then Mane's finish was just class from from start to finish. But I, I thought Bobby in the first half looked well off the pace and. I said to Tyler at the pub, I was like, I was like, I wonder if 
this whole Coutinho thing's got him unsettled and cause he looked miles off the pace 100%. and then he came. Yeah. Then he came out in the second half and was absolutely brilliant. He, I think, he, well, in my opinion, he doesn't do anything really spectacular. Like he doesn't have blazing pace and he's not going to take the ball and just beat a man, you know, down the line, like uh Salah or Mane, um, but his movement and the things he does off the ball, his pressing, he's a proper center forward. And he ended up being involved in the last two goals. Obviously, he got the uh, the penalty, but he was the one that put the ball through for Salah to get to draw the penalty. And then obviously his movement and then his class pass and Salah's finish uh, for this uh, for the third was was awesome. And he was right back on it. It's just uh, it's just exciting to see once they get a little bit more time together. Mane gets used to the left. Sala gets used to playing with Mane and Firmino. It's going to be really exciting to see, and uh, hopefully with Coutinho dropping into uh, to the midfield uh, for us this season, that's going to yield record-setting goals and uh, performances by all four. So excited to see it. Um, hopefully we get to see it. But I thought Mane and Firmino showed their class and and again if it hadn't have been for you know our weak defense you know that three goals should easily get us the points at Watford yeah exactly you you would expect three goals pretty much anywhere to to at least hopefully seal a win um let's just go ahead and get right into it since since we're talking about Coutinho and the and the potential um lineup with with our attack hands in his transfer requests via email um I just I didn't I didn't see this one necessarily coming and and I thought that you know we listen uh, we've all known that Barcelona was is the club that he is pretty much destined to go to I think we can all agree on that I think we've all seen the links over the past couple of years and we, and he seems like the perfect heir to Iniesta uh, initially I thought that he was more likely to go to Barcelona because of Neymar because they're great friends and that was a big draw for him as well so I thought that Neymar leaving may have toned it down a little bit. Maybe, you know, he, he'd wait another year at least for sure now. Um, but but hands in his, his transfer request, Luna, and it just it doesn't seem very much like Coutinho, especially with the fact that he just signed, you know, five-year extension with no release clause, which was big. Um, I get it. You know, it's Barcelona, but at the same time, you can't do that the day before a game you know, our, our first game of the season, you wonder if it's Barcelona just telling them, listen, it's, it's now or never, you, you got to do this or, or there's no chance of you ever coming here. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is really, really confusing. I mean, you look at Phil, you listen to him in interviews and he's been so positive about Liverpool, his time with the club in the city with Klopp um, and it just it doesn't make sense, really. Um, so you, you've got to imagine there's something, and I know there's rumors going around. You know, this is your last chance to come and whatnot from Barcelona. I I, I just don't get it. Uh, it it doesn't match the the guy the the character that we've seen over the last few seasons at Liverpool. Uh, I Luna, mean, let me let Luna let me play devil's devil's advocate for you for a second. If he was their choice and he was their guy, 
why didn't the offer come in at the beginning of the summer? It was only after right. Neymar. It yeah. was only after Neymar left that all of a sudden Phil Coutinho became a priority for Barcelona. But so, even then, he hasn't really been the priority. I mean, you look at some of the reports they're Hopefully Dembele uh, is the priority. Dembele, you, they're looking at Ericsson. I, I mean, that well, Ericsson's alternative to to Coutinho, but I get Dembele because he's a natural winger. I don't think I don't think Barcelona had any intention of making Coutinho a winger in their yeah. system. I think they had full intention of if Neymar stayed coming in for Coutinho next summer as the Iniesta replacement, to, to your guys' point. I don't think that was the priority this summer. And until Neymar left, all of a sudden now they have to save face and go get some, you know, big-name player like Coutinho. And that's it. I mean, they're they're embarrassed. I, you know, they lose one of the biggest superstars in world soccer right now, one of the biggest names known around the world. And they don't really have an – they don't have an answer to it. You know, they're they're supposed to be the big name club in the world. They're the supposed to be the club that everyone wants to come to and stay at. And, you know, they're starting to lose some of their charm. They're starting to you know, their team's getting older. They're not they're not the powerhouse that they used to be just a couple seasons ago. Yeah, and it's Tyler, it's it's interesting because just like Luna pointed out they would have made an offer for him at the beginning of the season. You know, I mean, sorry, at the beginning of the preseason, um, or the, when the when the window opened, if if they really want, like, if he was their guy, and and we know that they want him, but just like we're talking about, he he's the guy for their midfield, the heir to Iniesta. It you know, like you guys have been saying, they they probably feel a little embarrassed. They're probably like, we have to appease the fans right after. Let's throw a bunch of money at Coutinho, and if it's what's reported, I mean, guys. I know we don't want to sell Coutinho, and I still don't want to for the money reported, but he would, if it wasn't for Neymar, Coutinho, if he were to go to Barcelona, would be become the second most expensive player of all time right now with Neymar's deal. And and to think about that, even even in this market, is pretty crazy because Coutinho isn't a top 10 player in the world uh, in that position. I mean, he, he has the potential to be. Uh, you know, his, his stats are looking really good when he plays in that position, but just in general, and I think in most people's minds and, and, and most people's opinion, uh, opinions, he, he's not a top 10 player in the world. Um, and, and so not even a top 20 player in the world. Um, so it, it's crazy he's to not think Joe. about that money. I mean, it's, it's a crazy amount of money. It really is. But he's not he, Joe, he but you got to look money. at the value. Look at the value of what he means to Liverpool. I mean, you saw what happened at our, with our midfield this past weekend. Right. You, you look at the value that he's brought to this team over, you know, all of last season. Um, you saw what a miss he was during his injury. Granted, we were missing Mane and a few others at that same time. But, I mean, you got to take that into account and, and where these fees are coming from. So, so, Tyler, then, what do you think? Is it... Klopp had an interesting press conference to talk about it, and I know his Eng- he's working on his English a little bit, but what it seems like is that the the club, especially with the statement that the club put out there before his press conference, was that Coutinho is not for sale. And, it, it, and in Klopp's press conference, it sort of made it seem like he was willing to sell him maybe because if someone doesn't want to buy into the system or be there, then Klopp doesn't want them. What did you take from that press conference? I think that's... Totally right. I, I 100% agree. I think Klopp's the type of coach who you either 
are there in your party. And he's made many statements to that effect where, you know, he doesn't want somebody to just be on the train. He wants players to come and push the train. And if, if you're not signed off, I don't think this is going to be necessarily a, a pleasant return for Coutinho. I think there'll be some jeering from the fans. I don't think it's going to be a great return. I don't, I think the timing, like Painter said, like everyone was talking about, is awful. I think even for the money offered, the timing that we're left to find a replacement just isn't enough. I mean, Fernando Torres was, when he was a British transfer a record fee, right? And then we bought Andy Carroll, and we can't have another season <laughs> like that. We got Suarez, but we also got Andy Carroll, and that, you know, that money set us back for a little bit. So yeah. we can't have that happen again. I don't want to go and spend well, it was, it was a hundred million. Four, four, five, four or five seasons, Tyler, that he was our record transferred until Salah came along. Thank, thank you, thank you. I don't want to. I don't want to take great money for Coutinho and go spend a hundred million on Charlie Adam, and that be you know just because we need to go out and buy. Dude, something. that left boot is worth was worth a hundred million when it was at Blackpool. Those set pieces, come on. But um, no, I mean, and 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 let's just kind of go into that. And you know, he handed in his transfer request. The club are saying they won't sell him, but let's just say that we do. And we got a question in. Uh, we got it from Drew. Drew's on the uptick on Twitter, and. He's saying, you know, it goes without saying, but let's talk transfers. What do we do now? Uh, you know, who else is in play to bring in? And so let's kind of get into that. Let's just say that the club accepts $120 million for Coutinho. We cannot go and, and pull us what we did with Suarez and buy, I don't know, what, five players with that money maybe, and and, and most of them didn't pan out. Uh, I was definitely wrong about Markovic in, in that sense. But, um, yep. I mean, uh, I thought he, I thought he was going to be so good. And, yeah, I thought he was going to be great. But let's just get back into that. And, and who do we go get now? Because if even if we throw an extra ten million onto our evaluation of Keita, let's just say we throw eighty five at Leipzig, they're still not going to want to sell. So take Keita out of this right now. Who do we go get? Who can we even go get that would, you know, improve this this first eleven right now? It's a, wow. it's a valid question. I mean, it's if I've heard rumors about Insigne from from Napoli. If if he's genuinely available and interested in coming, I I wouldn't hate to see him. Um, the Italians don't necessarily adapt the quickest to uh, to the English game. Liverpool have but, bad luck with Italians too. Yeah, Aquilani thought I mean, that was gonna work. How many genuine, <laughs> how many genuine tens are out there? You know, you know, number ten creative playmakers who can also play on the wing. There's only a handful. You know, we've got. I know Painter is a huge fan of Pulisic and would love for him to come in. I don't know that he's ready to come carry the burden. Draxler's um, available. Easy there, partner. Pulisic could totally carry the mustard, <laughs> pal. <laughs> uh, I'm not hating on the the uh, the boy Prince. Yeah, I mean, there there aren't there aren't many options. One that that I would consider it, Luna would be Draxler. I know he just recently went to PSG, but he was left out of their squad. Obviously, but Draxler's they, a winger, though, Joey. Isn't no, he? Draxler's more of a number ten than a winger for sure. Yeah, I mean, like he can play both positions, but yeah, I he doesn't necessarily have the speed or the quickness, but he does have a great eye for a pass and a good shot. And I mean, you're yeah. you're trying to find a top quality player here, and he did just captain Germany, you know, to to win. Right. Uh, the last competition there. So, right. I, I mean, it's tough. You, you can't re- replace Coutinho right now, especially with the time that we have. You, you, you're not going to get a replacement. But, I mean, there are a couple options. I personally am under the opinion that it might not be a popular opinion, but 
I still think Firmino is is not a yep. center forward, and I still think Firmino is a center attacking mid, and I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Firmino as the top, uh, you know, the, the most attacking midfielder in a three, and bringing Sturridge in or going to buy someone like Diego Costa, maybe if, even if it's just on loan for half a season or whatever. Whatever you have to do, you can go get a top class striker and move Firmino back. Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's the options. I, I don't. Well, I don't think Chelsea would sell Costa or even loan Costa to a Premier well, no, League but... rival. But I, I definitely agree with Luna's shout on Aubameyang. I think, I think Dortmund would totally sell him if we came with sixty-five, seventy million yep. quid and, and dropped it down on him. I totally think that would get done. He's twenty-eight. So, he's got two years left. So let's just throw a hundred at him and take Pulisic too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Pulisic, they turned down what? We we reportedly bid thirty million for him and they turned down I, I think Pulisic right now is worth at least forty. And it might be yeah. crazy to say it, but at least forty, especially you know at eighteen years old, I mean yeah. Yeah. I mean if, if if Mbappe is getting hundred and fifty million, then Pulisic's easily worth forty. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre time right now nearing the end of the transfer window, especially with some of the potential big moves that are going to be made now. I know there's big moves every transfer window, but not not every transfer window. Those big moves involve us, and and this one could be. So, um, no transfer window involved. Big <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but Joe. But Joey, I I think your point is your your question is valid in the fact that if we do decide to sell Coutinho, who can we realistically go get for? The money that we would get. Now, keep it in mind, we still have a hundred and what you know. For argument's sake, let's say we have a hundred and forty million pounds because we didn't get Keita and we haven't got VVD yet. So don't start you throw with that. The yeah, we're talking about him next. Yeah, we 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 throw that on top of the Coutinho money. Let's say at one hundred and thirty million. You know, you've got two hundred and seventy odd million to to go throw around that we had planned to 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 buy with <clears throat> you could go throw 50 million on the kid from Lazio or the kid from uh, Napoli and Sinia and you could go try Pulisic you could go try a few other ones I think you could arguably throw 80 million at Red Bull provided we make Champions League um, knock on wood with Hoffenheim and I know we'll come on to that but you could probably go get a few of those deals done and probably have to pay 20% over odds that you wanted to pay. But you have the money, and you can go get it done. And quite frankly, given the fact that Milner's are in Grugis is our backup midfield, I think you need to go get it fucking done. Like, I don't Leave know how Grugis else you argue that. <laughs> Leave Grugis out of this. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> Yeah, I love Grujic. I, I I hope he has a bright I, I think he's going to be a player. I think he's going to be a player. I, I think he's going to boss the midfield for many years to come. But the point is, right now, gents, like we've been saying, is that we are in the Champions League now. We're going to have a lot of competitions now. We need players. We need starting exactly. quality players. We People are giving Tottenham shit for not doing much in the transfer window. And while I agree they should be doing a little bit more, there's not many players, players that can improve their top, their their starting eleven right now. There's just not. Even if they bring in Ross Barkley, like Son's been doing really well for them. Lamella's back. Barkley might not even be in their start in their starting eleven. And so, 
we were looking forward to getting a couple players like Keita, like Van Dyke, to come directly into our starting eleven, and that's what we need right now. We we have yes, everybody needs more players, squad depth, and that's a great thing. But that's not what I I, I would rather have two impact players than four to five necessarily squad players because if we want to be a top level club, we need those top level players. Which brings me into my next point: Van Dyke and. Southampton clearly, Luna, just they don't want to sell to us. It, it's it's obvious, especially with what's been going on, and and I know it's been pretty dramatic. But with Chelsea, you know, especially with some of the injuries that they could be seeing. I mean, Cahill goes out with a red card, and you look at their defense, and it's just like, holy shit, what happened? I mean, I know they just got Rudiger, and he's looking to be a promising young defender, but. They could still use someone like Van Dyke right now, and it's reported that they're going to come in and take a bid. And it's also reported, and obviously you never know if any of this crap is true, but if it is, I mean, Southampton, in my mind, would be much more willing to sell him to Chelsea than Liverpool. And I know that he has his heart set on Liverpool, but if they tell him right now, especially with this situation, you know, handing in his transfer request and wanting to leave, if they go, listen, we're not going to sell you to Liverpool, I don't think he would turn down... Chelsea, I mean, they have a great team. He knows he would go into their squad pretty much immediately. It's in their first 11 immediately. And so it's it's a sticky situation with him right now with Southampton. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's similar to the whole Phil situation at Liverpool. It's, you know, now that the transfer request is in, fans have already started writing him off. The The reputation that he had there has been tarnished. So... You know, what does that look like when it comes down to it? If Chelsea come in for a bid, you know, is he going to sit in a team that he's pissed off the manager? He's pissed off his teammates. He's pissed off his fans. I, I can't imagine that he would. And so, you know, if, if Southampton, for whatever reason, they're tired of us giving them way more money than they actually should be getting for their players. If, if they decide they're over that with us, then. Of course they're going to sell to Chelsea. I, I I can't see him not taking that step up. Um, Saints are, are a great team. I, I I enjoy watching them. I think they have some great players. Um, but you know they're never going to be playing in the Champions League. They're they're never going to take that next step. And a player like Van Dyke needs to be playing at the highest level. And I don't see how he turns that down. Hey Luna, what do you think about their new manage, uh, their new ownership that came in today? Um, Chinese backing about eighty percent of the club today. Oh well, that's, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. You know, they'll be uh, top four. We'll be relegated. So <laughs> no, I'm just saying they had a, they had they had uh, new ownership that uh, bought eighty percent of the club today. I don't know how that plays into the Van Dyke saga, but it's certainly. Adds a twist to it, if nothing else. Bought yeah. bought eighty percent for two hundred million quid. We've given them that's it. Awesome stat like we've given them one hundred and seventy million in transfer dollars over the past. Uh, not in yeah, right. We basically just so yeah. fuck. We should own eighty percent of them. <laughs> they should be our feeder team. <laughs> well, technically, our our starting lineup is pretty much eighty percent when healthy. Southampton, anyways. Right. Um, but uh, painter, we'll, we'll just go right to you then. Um, I mean. Do you do you think this Chelsea stuff is serious, or do you think this is just them trying to 
to maybe play it up a little bit to try and get Liverpool to cough up some more money. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more on Southampton not wanting to seem like they're acquiescing again to Liverpool. I mean, what did we take off them? Lallana, Lover, and Klein, Mane. I mean, we took a lot of big players off of them that are mainstays in our team now. And I just think it's Southampton being like, you know what, we're done. And they're going to fight this tooth and nail to the end. Van Dyke obviously wants Liverpool and he wants to be there. He doesn't want to go to Chelsea. And I don't think, quite honestly, Chelsea want to go spend $60 because their reported rumor of $50 million isn't going to get it done because Southampton can hold out and get $65, $70 million Yeah, but what's, what's 10 to $15 million to a club like Chelsea? No, I, I I get it, but I'm I'm just saying they have bigger issues. Like if you look at their if you look at their game at the weekend, like they are a shambles in mid in, in the attacking portion of their their team. Like they don't have enough attackers. Like granted, now Cahill went out with a red card, and there was some some issues at the back, but by and large, Moses was out, Pedro <clears throat> was out. Um, Hold on, just take a second. Just just take a quick second. Yeah. And think about what you just said. And, and a former Liverpool player, Victor Moses, when he's out of the Chelsea side, that it affects them. <laughs> Isn't it crazy to think about? I mean, I've always loved him, he but was he's star- an integral yeah, no, part of their team. I thought, I thought, you know what? I thought he was going to be amazing for us when we, when we got him on loan. I was like, oh, Victor Moses is going to be great. And he was shit. But... He was great for Chelsea last season. And you know what? Sometimes it takes the players longer to kick on. But if you look at Chelsea's side, they have bigger issues than going to get another center back. They just bought Rudiger for, what, $40 million? Something like 30 35 I think, right around there, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. still have Zuma sitting on the bench. They've got... No, no, no Zuma's no, on loan now at Stoke. And so uh, yeah. they, they have Christensen, I mean, and me. Christensen's a good uh, player, Christensen's actually. Good. But, yeah, um, Ake, Ake is on uh, at Bournemouth, and I, I, again, I, I just think that they were going to go for if they're they need reinforcements in the midfield and in the striking forward line. So uh, with Hazard out with injury, who knows how he's going to come back? Yeah, that was a pretty serious injury he got. So I just don't see them going to spend sixty million. If they're going to go spend sixty million, it's going to be on a more attacking player than Virgil van Dyke. I don't think their problems are in defense, if I'm honest. Yeah, Vinyl, I mean, listen, their, their problems aren't in defense, but when you have the money like they do and the attraction that they do, they, they're they a player in this, I think. I, you know, it, Hopefully he's, that van Dyke still wants to come to Liverpool, and, and hopefully that'll still happen, but just this situation is just not looking promising right now. I mean, how many times have we seen this play before? You know, we're, we're linked with somebody that we're excited about, uh, looks a good fit for the team, and then Chelsea gets linked with them too. It's happened before. William, Salah, you know, there's a handful more that I can't think of off the top of my head. But um, I'm hoping we take a stand this time. I, I think he's a good fit. I think you had the money set aside for him at the beginning of the summer. You had a little bit of a, you know, issue during the summer. Had to issue your apology. Now make it right and get this one at the very least across the line. Hey or, Tyler, quick, 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 quick question. Why don't you just go put all the chips in and just go get it done? Given the given the state that Liverpool are in 
right now. I, I still think they're waiting. I don't think anybody – I keep seeing stuff about a bid getting put down. I, I think they're waiting for someone else to put in a bid and for Southampton to ex- accept the bid from somebody else because it signals that they're ready, you know, and then there won't be any accusations of bad faith dealing or anything like that that they were scared off by. And I mean, have you ever seen a club issue an apology like that for tapping off? I've, I've never seen that before, ever. That's – Otherwise, it, uh, I mean, it happens all the time, all too. You know what I mean? So, right. So, I, I think they're waiting for. I think the Chelsea thing could be could be good in a way. I think if Southampton accept the Chelsea bid, we know what the price is. And I think what I saw on Twitter and on in the articles I was reading was around fifty million. You're not even on over. Twitter, so shut up. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think, uh, I think if they're getting them for fifty million. And the number I've seen thrown all around all summer was 65. I think we've got some room to work with there and kind of go to war with them over it. Yeah, it's God, these next couple of weeks are going to be crazy, aren't they? It's uh, aside from losing Coutinho. I mean, Van Dyke was the one player that I think we can all agree on that was the top of our list for any position for any player in the entire window. That um, so. Not getting him, I think, would be a failure. And I think getting him, and if if, if we enter the transfer window with just getting him, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Coutinho, but I would be I would be happy that that we would have one of the best center backs, in my opinion, in the world, one of the best in the Premier League for sure. And so he is crucial, crucial, especially given how our team plays, how we leave space and behind, the fact that he can defend well one-on-one and he has a lot of speed. and He's just he's a class player, and, and we need that. We need a leader like you were talking about earlier, Tyler. So it's – I mean, these next couple pods and these next couple weeks are, are going to tell a lot about our team, um, and, and tomorrow is going to tell us a lot about our team, the, the Hoffenheim game, Luna. It's, uh, it's a huge, huge, huge game. I'm glad we that, that – uh, the uh the second game is is at home uh for Liverpool but i mean this is this is the game that that we've been worrying about for a while especially since the draw came out because Hoffenheim i mean they're no scrubs right yeah i mean they're probably the hardest team out of everyone that we could have been drawn against um i mean i we're Liverpool we should beat this team um, but, you know, I honestly think Hoffenheim have a lot going for them. They're coming off the most successful season they've ever had in their club history. Um, this is their first time in the Champions League. So, you know, you know the players are going to be hyped up for it. You know the fans and the stadium is going to be rocking. You, I mean, you look across Germany and they just have some of the most electrifying fans that in, in world football. So... You know it's going to be a gauntlet walking into that. Um, you know it, it, they're very attack minded, and you know we saw what happened when Watford pressed us. Uh, Any time that they went on the break, uh, it was nerve wracking. And I, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to be expecting a lot more of that. And with Moreno, and you know, I'm assuming you start Trent at uh, right back. I think we're going to be exposed a lot. Um, I think one of the biggest players that we're waiting to see on um, is their forward, Sandro Wagner. Uh, Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. Yeah. Um, he he's been out, so he's kind of fighting fitness right now. Um, a couple of weeks ago, sprained his ankle or hurt his ankle in in a friendly, and so um, 
it's rumored that he's just getting back into training this week. Um, so we'll, or I'm sorry, late last week. Um, so we'll see if he's, if he's up and ready for the game tomorrow. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough game, um, walking in, into their stadium, but I hope we show up. I hope Klopp fires up the boys and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. Uh, it's, it's, I'm excited to see how we play under under pressure like this, especially given given the Watford game. Vinyl, their manager Julian uh, Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann, um, thirty years old, man. It's it's crazy to see. Um, he's done a really really good job with this team, like Luna said. Um, how how they did in the Bundesliga last year. Listen, he's got a, a positive influence on this team, and he's got them pushing in the right direction. I, when that draw came up, I was just like, of course. Of course Liverpool are going to get them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually really enjoyed Klopp's interview, I think it was today, talking about how he's sort of like the uh, he's the old head, and this guy is sort of the new the new young buck in town, and I think they share an agent. Uh, there's, there's a lot of mutual respect going back and forth. Hopefully it doesn't carry over too much onto the pitch, and we really take it to him, but uh, he's an exciting guy. He's got. Anytime you have somebody that 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 exciting, you you hope that it's a uh, it's a lasting thing. He seems he's a fresh face for football. It's cool. Yeah, it absolutely is is really cool, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he does on on a big stage like this as well. Painter, what are we gonna have to do to win this game? Obviously, besides put more goals, you know, <laughs> put the ball in the back of the net. I get that, but. What are we going to have to do to basically slow them down and really make sure that because you know it's going to feel a lot better going into the second leg if if we can get a couple of goals here. So are you in the mindset of you know go full on attack to try and get away goals while leave this a little bit more exposed, or do you kind of want to have a more conservative approach going into the first leg? Well, we're going to be exposed no matter what we do <laughs> because because we've proven that time and time again. I think a couple of key stats that I'm interested to see how they play out. First, Klopp has only won six of 17 matches against Hoffenheim as a manager. So he hasn't had a great record against uh, Hoffenheim full stop. So how he deals and how he copes with uh, Hoffenheim is going to be interesting from that perspective. He's also bringing in a depleted squad we mentioned the fact that we're going into a Champions League match with Moreno, an 18-year-old, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Lovren, who we all love on this podcast, especially you, Lovren. Joe. Lovren. <laughs> um, in our defense, and the fact that we give up the most set-piece goals of any team in the Premier League, and that fact that Hoffenheim score the most uh, set-piece goals of any team in the Bundesliga doesn't bode well for us keeping a clean sheet. And I have to be honest, I hope we get an away goal. <laughs> I hope we get an away goal because uh, we're going to need it, but I, I, I'm not hopeful of us keeping a, a clean sheet. We will certainly score, um, even though Hoffenheim's defense is extremely stout, but they did let, lose Nicholas, uh, I think, Sule. Sule, yeah. Um, Nicholas Sule yeah, is a top player. Yeah, they did lose him from last year's side that finished fourth in the Bundesliga, so that can't be easy to replace because now he's at Bayern Munich, I believe, and you know he's a top player, so somebody we had our eye on, uh, I think, uh, a couple windows ago. Yeah, so. he's a beast. 
<clears throat> would have wished he had been our defense, but uh, that's not to be. So I think if we keep it if we keep it tight and we give up, you know, one goal, even if we give up two goals and get an away goal, I still think the fact that they have to come to Anfield uh, for the second leg will see us through. But it's again, we need that away goal. We have the offensive firepower to do it. But I think really it comes down to if we can keep it tight at the back and give up, you know, less than two goals, we should see our way through to the next round of the Champions League. Score prediction. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna draw one one. Luna. I'm going two one Hoffenheim. Holy shit, Luna! What the you hell? Dickhead! <laughs> you better have your mug. God, out he gets he gets back on the pod for the first time in months and he predicts a Liverpool loss. What the hell is going on? You better on? have your mug out, you fuckface. You guys, I is mean, that chicken organic? Is it messing with your? Is it messing with your let, head here? Let's be realistic. I, I mean, oh, we're I both we're both attack minded teams. We're gonna be caught out. It, I, we got to be realistic. They're good at set pieces. We're not. Yeah, it it are going to defense, we're not. So yeah, I get, <laughs> I get all the I get all that. So I I understand your prediction. I mean as a Liverpool fan, yeah, I want to say two nothing Liverpool, but realistically two one Hoffenheim. God damn. All right. Well, vinyl, what do you got? I got three one Liverpool. We're, yes, we're gonna smoke them. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Where are you watching the match tomorrow, Vinyl? Because I need to go uh, to New York City, bud. You wanna go to Carriers? Absolutely. Let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah, 3-1. That's that's what I got, too. I, I think something's <laughs> going to click tomorrow. I, I don't know what it is, but I just we, we got to score. This this game is too important to us right now. We've been looking forward to it for, for too long, um, and, and we're expected to win, and I'm sure Klopp will be saying that in the in the you know the locker room is we're, we should be winning this game. Let's, let's go out and show what we can do. Last thing I'll say before we conclude the pod is just I mean, you guys were just talking about our our defense going into this game. I I, I just I can't fathom how. And you know me, I'm pretty pessimistic. But like, to think <laughs> to think that like if I told you, you know, three months ago that we're going into our Champions League qualifier and our defense is Mignolet, Trent, Matip, Lovren, and Moreno, like what the hell? I mean, uh, I never would have thought that would have been it going into this game. It's just, it's crazy Joey, to see. Joey, when you messaged that on uh, the Slack channel the other day, I was like, holy shit, he is 100% spot on. Like, how did this happen that we're going into a season, Champions League match, with that? The season has already run? started, Painter, right? right? Like, we were talking about how. You know, Klopp's getting his done his work done early. This is great. We're gonna have the players in so they get bedded in and blah 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 blah. I mean, it's I I'd I'm used to being pretty pessimistic and kind of just in terms of ex- expectations for Liverpool in in recent years, especially since my heart got broken in thirteen fourteen that they just haven't been that high this past year after we ended the season the way we did locking up that fourth spot. I had really, really high hopes and and actually a lot of positivity coursing through my veins, and it's just 
right away with this 3-3 draw and and the way that transfers have been going it just seems like it's right back into it and and I didn't want that I know I ch- I talked to you guys at the end I'm like oh okay here we go positive joy going to the next season and then first game right away again just like ah uh, crap and you know people can say Watford they're going to be a decent t- uh, you know a decent team this year a point away is not a bad result I mean we're Liverpool football club we can't have this crap going on and it's just I need something tomorrow to to get my spirits back up. So, gentlemen, hopefully that's the case. Um, you know, f- god damn, it's t- tomorrow. I'm I'm hoping to be in a better mood. So, if if anyone wants to see whether or not I'm in a better <laughs> mood, you can find me at Jay Vishney on Twitter. Uh, you can find us all, all, of course, all the time at Talk On FP Painter. Where can we find you? Yeah, it's Brian underscore Painter on Twitter. Luna. Steven underscore Luna. Vinyl, what's going on, man? Let's get you. Let's get you <laughs> go, go, throw, go throw a painter. Go throw a painter an extra follow if you uh, if you want to know what I'm up to. All right, we're we're uh we're gonna get Tyler on at some point here. We'll eventually get him. Um, but everyone appreciate you listening. Uh, by any chance, any Chicago sports fans out there? I do another podcast called The Windy City Way. You can find us at Twitter at The Windy City Way. And holy crap, guys! Big game tomorrow. Just, just huge, crucial biggest game in years. It, it does feel like it Let's is the biggest it. game in a while. And and uh, Tyler, I'm with you, man. I, I still have a little bit of positivity, and I, I think we're gonna go out and smash them. So hopefully that's the case. And, and hopefully next week when we're talking on the pod, there's a little bit more positivity going on. So, gents, it's it's been a while. Glad to have you all back on. Looking forward, hopefully, to some some more positivity from this season. It can start tomorrow. It can start tomorrow, even with this result we just had against Watford. So, guys, it's it's a big game tomorrow, like we said, and it's it's a big next couple of weeks. Um, so, so I'm hoping come September 1st, with an established squad and and looking a little bit more at where we're at, that there there's some more positivity moving forward. So, again, appreciate you having on, gents, and as always, talk on, talk on, talk on, talk on, talk on, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.